Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 198 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get into the episode right after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first, and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. For the first time in a while, I have quite a bit of fun travel coming up this summer, and I'm really counting on Macy's to help round out my wardrobe for some of these trips. Right now, I've got my eye on a new bag and sandals from Coach and some super cute tops and dresses from Macy's On 34th brand. And you can never really have too many pairs of sunglasses. And there are a lot of cute options to explore right now. If you need a little help getting your summer look together, shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. You may have heard that most people who are black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills. Never-ending food festivals, 
fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures in Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. A year ago this week, all of our lives took a very drastic turn. For many of us, it marked the last time we worked from the office, the last time kids went to school, and the last time we moved about the world without a mask or two. Looking back, it's really hard to imagine how much would be so different now. If you've been finding yourself a little sadder, moving a little slower, feeling a little less motivated, tired of cooking, but also tired of eating out, I want you to know that you're not alone. Many of us feel the same. Joining me today to chat about what this year has been like and what things might look like moving forward is Gorgeous West. Gorgeous is an associate professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia. She currently works with adults in private practice, helping them to create healthy boundaries, practice self-care, and be the best versions of themselves. She and I chatted about what you might expect related to the pandemic anniversary, tips for digging deeper into your self-care, managing jealousy and FOMO related to the vaccines, and what we're looking forward to post-pandemic. If there's something that resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBG in session. Here's our conversation. So thank you so much for joining us today, Gorgeous. Thank you. I'm so excited for the opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, we are officially at the one year mark, right, of the pandemic. Some people have been calling it the anniversary, And so I am just curious to kind of hear your thoughts about what it looks like and feels like a year later. You know, I think when we think about like this past year, the multiple phases, right, that it feels like, mm-hmm. like it feels like there was their first phase where we weren't quite sure, you know, people were just kind of looking at different hobbies and we were baking bread and mm-hmm. catching up on all the shows, right? And then it feels like it became a steady decline almost mm-hmm. after that. And, you know, so now we are finding ourselves at yet another March and we are still kind of in the house for the most part, lots of us anyway. And so, you know, let me know what kinds of things have been coming up for you, for clients, about Mm -hmm. what it looks like to still be here a year later. Yes, I like the whole idea of it being in phases because it was definitely, I felt it personally, like a transition in phases, like, oh, okay, this is cool to spend time at home with family and all of those things. And then I got towards like the summer, And even for myself and my clients, we felt like we were like over it because that's usually when people travel, have vacations. Even when it came to the start of the school year, that was kind of like a weird time as well, too, because no one was actually going back to school. And even for clients, I remember around that August, September time, like the whole, okay, we've been doing this for like five or six months. Like, when is it going to end? And then people trying to think about holidays coming up. So it was definitely like a lot of phasing of emotions, more so like a roller coaster, like the up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. I know for clients, I think the hardest time was the holiday time, as well as 
maybe like like I said, that summertime. And so it was like a lot of influx in regards to like feeling of sadness, feelings of grief, definitely anxiety in regards of like, okay, I'm over this. I'm kind of scared to leave my house. What does this look like? I'm wanting to try to go back outside because by the summertime, that's when things started to kind of like open back up. But people still kind of have that fear, right, of like, is it safe? Even with wearing a mask, like, what does this look like? So it was definitely like a roller coaster of emotions. And, you know, even for myself and my family, I got to the point, I was like, look, I'm over this. I, I want to go somewhere. But just knowing like, okay, the, the safety of my family, and everyone else is more important than this want or desire to go to the beach for the weekend. So having mm-hmm. to sacrifice a lot was definitely hard. Yeah, and I think, you know, we know, anniversary reactions can kind of sneak up on you right you know and I think something else that's happening right now is people are getting like the memories on Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. right like this year this time last year right you know because I think for a lot of us the weekend that just passed may have been the last time we were out in the world so to speak and so now Facebook is reminding us like wow and it feels like time has become so weird you know, mm-hmm. in this last year, because you look back at stuff from like a year ago and it feels like it was so much longer ago mm-hmm. than a year, you know. So yes. can you talk a little bit about like just anniversary reactions and what people might expect right now, you know, as we kind of continue to go through these like, oh, my gosh, it was a year since I did X, Y, Z or whatever. Mm-hmm. So definitely like how you said it, it's coming like unexpectedly so for. Some people, you could be experiencing like that feeling of like anxiousness, possibly, as well as like sadness, because you're reflecting on what life was like prior to, you know, what would all happen or, or occur to things that you had access to or were doing before. And then it's like the comparison of I haven't done those things since then. So the feeling of, of sadness as it relates to that, definitely, I would say, even for myself, anxiousness. Because I noticed when I went to the store, I was like, oh, I need to get some tissue and paper towels. And I was like, but I already have tissue and paper towels. But it was just like the ideal sense of I remember when there was no tissue and paper towels available. And so it's like I noticed that coming back up as well as for some clients of mine, they expressed like feeling triggered in regards to like, okay, this has been the one year, but we're still in it. So now Mm -hmm. what? So Mm -hmm. that whole aspect of it, how much longer will this be? Because it's you know, when it first started, it was like, oh, just stay at home for two weeks. And then two weeks went on. So here we are now a whole year later. And so I know that's been very triggering for a lot of people, especially to how schools are opening back up. Right. So a lot of kids last week was probably like their last week in school or this current week was their last week in school. And now schools are starting to open back up. So it's like a lot of anxiety in regards to that. And how do we transition now back into school? Because we've been doing homeschool for so long. And what will that look like? So it's just a lot of uncertainty, I think, when it comes to feelings and emotions and trying to navigate what's best for each individual or trying to navigate what's best for your family. Mm-hmm. I really think it is important for people to make some space to kind of reflect on what all has happened in the past year. And I know that that can be difficult for people, right? Because sometimes when you face these really big emotions, it feels like you'll get stuck there. But I do think 
because there has been so much that's been uncertain and so much changing very rapidly throughout this last year, I think it is good if you can to give yourself some time this week to really reflect on all that has happened in this past year, you know, maybe do some journaling, you know, because I definitely have found myself like sadder this week, you know, with the Facebook memories and like, oh, this is what you were doing last year this time, right? So I'd love to hear this from you too. But, you know, the last thing that I did before, you know, everything kind of shut down was present at the Black Enterprise Women Empower Summit. And so, you know, there were kind of like talks before I even left to go to Las Vegas. But at that time, we, of course, didn't know how serious this mm-hmm. was. And so, yeah. you know, that was like just such an incredible weekend and, you know, all of that. And then I get back and then that Monday was the last day the kids went to school. And so, mm-hmm. At the time, again, like you just said, right, like you're thinking, okay, this might be a couple of weeks, maybe a month. What do we need to do to kind of take care of ourselves, make sure we have supplies for like a short amount of time? Mm -hmm. And then you realize, like, I just don't think that anybody could have anticipated we would still be and not in the same place, but we are still, you know, in some ways where we Mm -hmm. were a year ago, you know, so I think it would be helpful for people to kind of just give some space to reflect on that, but also to do some, I think, reverence around the grief, you know, because mm-hmm. we've lost a lot of people, you know, I, I think that that is just astronomical, you know, half a million plus people probably mm-hmm. at this point. And, and it just feels like in some ways that didn't have to be, you know, so I think the grief related mm-hmm. to the people we've lost, but also the expectations of what this last year might have been like and how many things have been lost there as well. Yes, absolutely. Because even in the grief of losing friends or lost ones, people have lost businesses, companies have closed, they've lost job positions. So there's been a lot of, you know, grief outside of just like the media, like relationship aspect of it too. They're very impactful. And I also think like how you said, reflecting on the last week or what that was like for you a year ago, because this time last year was my last time in office seeing clients. And so like that whole aspect was really like a wow factor to me when I looked at the date. And I was like, wow, like I haven't physically sat across from a client for a whole year. And, you know, what that looks like on that end. And so I think reflecting, journaling it out and just really providing the space, not only for you, but also others too. Because for children, like they haven't played with their friends or been in the school setting. So just really having the conversation with everyone to kind of create the space for them to express what it has been like for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I think has been coming up for people gorgeous is this idea of kind of hitting a wall, right? And I think that's in reference mm-hmm. to some of the stuff you mentioned earlier, just around people kind of feeling over it. People, I think, just feel overwhelmed by all of the up and down emotions and the uncertainty. Do you have any strategies you would suggest for people who feel like they might be hitting a wall at this point? Yes. So definitely some things I would recommend is definitely practicing self-care in a healthy way more frequently really getting into what self-care looks like for you as well as like how you talk about letting your feelings flow so if you're frustrated or aggravated with how things have not changed or where things are creating space for that feeling and emotion so that it can flow in and flow out and not trying to dismiss it or suppress it because through doing that it will only fester and then you'll lead to like explosion in regards to like emotions and just like having that feeling emotionally overwhelmed. So yeah, so to avoid that, just creating space 
free of those emotions. I think also grounding techniques are helpful. Meditation, mindfulness moments, deep breathing, that's also helpful. I would also say in the sense of like finding a community. So even though, granted, you can't go out and have that community with people or engage with people in person, but finding online communities would definitely be helpful for space to connect with people so that you don't feel so isolated or that you are alone. Because in a sense, there are probably more than several people who are identifying the same feeling. And so kind of having that normalization of it is definitely helpful so that you don't feel so isolated in your feeling. Of course, I think getting in therapy is definitely a space that would be helpful to express with a professional how you feel and how to identify other coping skills and techniques. Another thing I think, too, is kind of like having a gratitude journal. So reflecting on what you have learned over this last year, identifying your resiliency and which things you have overcome over the last year and how that's been helpful. So those are just some of mine tips I think that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that those are also really great ideas. Something that I've talked about with my own therapist is how self-care has to evolve to kind of match the time, mm-hmm. right? So what self-care looked yeah. like for you, you know, 18 months ago might be very different mm-hmm. than what is what you're being called to need right now. You know, so I think that is also yeah. something to keep in mind that, you know, cooking and like going for a walk may have been great for you, you know, a year ago, but now you may be be finding yourself a little bit more depleted, you know, your bandwidth mm-hmm. might be a little smaller. And so there may be other ways that you need to pour into yourself and to, to really give yourself grace with that process of kind of figuring out what these new things look like, but mm-hmm. to, to make sure that you are, you know, kind of doing what you can to keep yourself kind of rejuvenated and resilient, like you're mentioning, you know, that this has been a very long haul. And so, you know, I think it kind of ebbs and flows in terms of what we need at different times. More from my conversation with Gorgeous after the break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Forum is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. 
Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Growing up watching media legends like Gwen Ifill and Robin Roberts always gave me the security that stories that matter to me would be told. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Definitely, because with it, in a sense, we can't be resistant to it because it's only going to make it more difficult for us. So it's like as the time goes on, allowing yourself to just flow with it. And as you're flowing, like you say, evolving with it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really appreciated what you said in terms of the isolation, because I think that that has been incredibly difficult for a lot of people, you know, people who are single, you know, who find them, found themselves having to kind of ride this thing out 
really by themselves and maybe a pet or some plants or something, but really kind of have been isolated for a very long time. Um, And so I do think online communities can be really great for that. Do you have any other suggestions for kind of helping with some of that isolation? So I think in the sense of like connecting with family. So a lot of times I know a lot of people who do like the Zoom family calls or with friends, connecting on those type of platforms just to see and engage with other people. Also in the sense of possibly doing like group therapy or group sessions online as well could be helpful. The Sister Circle, so that's the online platform in which, you know, women can come together to connect and also talk about their feelings and emotions. So I think in the sense of just really finding what works more so for the individual is great and is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. So the other thing that, of course, has come up gorgeous is people are starting to get vaccinated, right? You know, so some states are, mm-hmm. I think, doing a better job than others in terms of the rollout. But you are seeing, you know, a decent amount of people now becoming vaccinated. And so the CDC recently released mm-hmm. guidelines about like what can happen when people are vaccinated and, you know, some precautions that you should still maintain. You know, some people are vaccinated and other people aren't. What kinds of things do you think are coming up or have you seen kind of come up related to clients or conversations around vaccinations mm-hmm. at this point? Yes with clients that I've worked with, they have been, most of them have gotten vaccinated. And so that has definitely helped decrease some fears and anxieties that they have, especially for those who have elderly parents or loved ones that have health issues. And so they now feel safer in the sense of being able to spend time with them or engage with them. Because a lot of people like they have elderly parents or they have parents that have illnesses and they haven't seen them in a year or over the last year. And so that's been very difficult for them. So finding out that their parents got vaccinated and now they're vaccinated has helped decrease that feeling of worry in regards of, okay, could I possibly expose my mother or father or grandmother or grandfather to the virus if I come and visit? So that has definitely decreased a lot of feelings of worry. But then too, there are some people that I'm working with that kind of are fearful of getting the vaccination. So trying to process through those feelings as well in regards of, should I do this or should I not do this? You know, what will the new normal look like if I do get the vaccine or what will it look like if I do not get the vaccine? So really trying to process through those feelings and emotions the best way they can and really find out what will be best for them and their family. So I've seen both sides of it. And some people are now more anxious trying to decide what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the other thing that I've seen is like some FOMO, right, related to people who mm-hmm. have gotten the vaccine and other people who are, you know, like anxiously awaiting their opportunity to get mm-hmm. the vaccine. What kinds of things might you say to someone who's feeling a little bit jealous and feeling like, oh, my gosh, when is it going to be my turn? Yes. So with that, in regards, it's just more so like practicing being patient, knowing that their time will come because of definitely that whole fear of missing out, like everyone's posting their vaccination cards or saying that they got the shot. And then everyone's like, well, how did they get the shot? I work in this field. When is it going to be my turn? So that has definitely been a thing. But just encouraging, you know, those individuals who are feeling anxious to get it, that, you know, that their time will come. And it's depending on how it rolls out in their state as well as also letting them know to stay updated with certain resources like CDC to find out as soon as possible when they will be eligible to receive the vaccination and talking, of course, to their healthcare providers, which vaccination or vaccine will work best for them. So 
yeah, just being informed, I think is the best advice that I would give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and knowing the resources, like you mentioned, you know, I know here in mm-hmm. Georgia, there was a number that we can text so that we get updated when, you know, there are vaccinations yeah. available, like in your area. I think lots of other states and counties have similar kinds of mm-hmm. resources they offer. I do think there are a couple of like Twitter accounts that you can follow so that you know when mm-hmm. like the health units in your area become available. It does take a little bit of digging, I think. And I wish that were easier for people, especially people Mm -hmm. who are not like super technologically savvy. But I do think there are some things like you mentioned that people can do to kind of stay aware and stay connected to when it may be available for them to to get. And I think the other thing, though, is to not judge yourself for that feeling, right? Because I think sometimes when you feel Mm -hmm. jealousy, the next thing that can come is shame. But there is no, you know, there's no need to shame yourself for something again that we have not really had any control over. So it's okay to kind of feel like, oh, somebody Mm -hmm. else is a little closer to, you know, kind of being able to Mm -hmm. kind of have some different choices than we are, but, you know, not to shame yourself for that. Yes, absolutely. Because in a sense, it will only, you know, that feeling is not in a sense of productive and it goes down the rabbit hole of, you know, other feelings and emotions. So just trying to stay on the more positive or optimistic side of it will definitely help you know, navigate and not saying that, you know, it would be easier to come to you in regards of accessibility, but just it will keep you on the lighter side of things emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. So I think with the vaccines rolling out, people are now starting to think about like, okay, what does my life look like? post vaccination, you know, if enough of my family gets it, can we get together for the summer? You know, are people, what kinds of conversations are you having with the community in your sessions with people about like what life looks like post vaccination? Yes. So that has definitely been conversations because for certain clients, their family were able to get vaccinated. And so in a sense, now that has started them to spend more time together more frequently safely of course but just having like reincorporating the family dinners or planning to do small family trips together so that has been a thing but then too also is still the whole idea of just because we're vaccinated everyone else is not and also just because in the sense maybe a family of five all five of them are vaccinated but they might go and visit other family members who only two of them are vaccinated out of you know however many so it's like what does that now look like And for some, it's just more so the relief and comfort and decrease of fear. But then it's also the ideal. Everyone's still not vaccinated. How can we all be comfortable still going to certain places or visiting certain attractions? So just baffling with that whole idea has been a thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think we would be naive to think that life will go back to like pre-pandemic just because people have vaccinations, right? You know, again, Mm -hmm. it will be everybody's choice about whether they get the vaccination and we know some people won't, Um, you know, so I I think we'd be naive to think that everything will like switch like a light switch, right? That we will just be back to, Mm -hmm. you know, February of 2020. And so I am also just really concerned about the mental health impact that this past year has had on us. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast lots of times, just like the chronic stress that many of us have experienced in this past year. And we know that that doesn't just go away easily. So what kinds of like mental health concerns are you thinking about and and should people maybe be preparing to maybe, you know, kind of contend with post 
pandemic, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely like the whole social anxiety aspect of things and wanting to be around people or the fear of being in large crowds or groups and stuff like that. I definitely can see that being kind of like on the forefront, even agoraphobia where people are just wanting to stay at home and not leave home. So I think more so on the anxiety level of things, maybe seeing an increase in those areas and also to possibly depression, right? So in the sense of people still grieving from still the losses that they've experienced over the last year and then having a hard time to transition into whatever this new normal is. So depression, anxiety, and possibly adjustment disorder. So transitioning into what the new normal will be like in this year and the upcoming year. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned this earlier, just I think for like kids going back to school, like, you know, I'm already mm-hmm. thinking about like what my four-year-old and seven-year-old might be like, you know, when they've been so much time with with us just home right Mm -hmm. and now they you know may have to go back into school you know like what is that adjustment going to look like you know so I I think we are far from seeing like a resolution to this situation and I think that's what I really just want people to kind of be thinking about and you know try to prepare themselves for as much as possible because I think again when you are under such a level of chronic stress like we have been you don't realize like oh I've been holding my breath I've been operating at this like level 100 Mm -hmm. until it is a little safer to come down and when you Mm -hmm. have that come down sometimes that's when like the impact really hits you right and so you know like you mentioned people feeling really anxious are really being able to feel the weight of their grief only Mm -hmm. after they're you know kind of on the other side so you know I think it it would not be surprising for people like after they have been vaccinated or other people in their families have been vaccinated to feel both a sense of relief but also maybe feel very anxious or feel Mm -hmm. really depressed just because of everything else that has happened this year absolutely I think one thing that you pointed out that was important is in regards of like the children, because as parents, you know, we have our feelings, but it's also important, like our children, like you said, have been home. And so what that looks like for them in regards of like, okay, they've been homeschooled. So adjusting to the new learning environment, like it's a whole transition for everyone on so many different levels. And, but it's all happening at the same time. And so everyone's trying to navigate these feelings all at the same time while still trying to still remain safe. So it's like so many emotions and feelings occurring that we can't control necessarily or just like put a pause to, but it's Mm -hmm. like more so of like honoring, okay, what is it that I feel right now? So that I can navigate through the next feeling and emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you bring up a really good point around the anxiety, you know, because so much of this year has kind of been The message we've gotten is that other people and like the outside world is not safe, right? And Mm -hmm. and that was a reality in a lot of ways, right? And so we now are going to be, I think, asked to kind of readjust and, you know, reintegrate Mm -hmm. with the world in a way that I don't think we we have had to do, you know, in our lifetimes, right? And I've already heard lots of people say, you know, they're continuing to wear masks in public regardless, Mm -hmm. right? You know, so I I think I am both interested, but also really afraid of what that looks Mm -hmm. like, because I'm, I'm just not sure 
like how you reintegrate into society when so much of this past year has been us trying to avoid one another. Yes, it's definitely like the life switch a complete 180 because it's like at first I've been told stay with you and your family, the people you live with. But now it's like now we're having to come back outside to everyone. So it's like we don't know who they've been with. And so it's like that whole side eye in regards of you don't live in my house. I don't know who you've been with or where you've been. So that whole trust factor and like the lack of trust because of not knowing. But then too, it's like, how do we navigate that? Because it's out of your control who other people have been around or what they've done. But then it's like, you still have to be, share space with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that'll be something we will, you know, of course be continuing to talk to and t- talk about and keeping our eyes open for like how we support our community through mm-hmm. um, what this next phase of, you know, life looks like in some ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm curious, Gorgeous, are there things that you're hoping don't return from pre-pandemic days? Like, are there things that you are feeling <laughs> like, you know, I wouldn't mind if stuff kind of stayed like this? So I will say this, this has already changed though, because I have had to travel during the yeah. pandemic on the flight I did enjoy the whole empty middle seat mm-hmm. I wish that we could keep that as a thing <laughs> but outside of that let me think I do like the whole aspect of people being able to spend more time with their families I think that this definitely slowed a lot of us down because we were so busy with day in day out life so the whole aspect of children being home doing virtual learning having that rapport with them. I think I'm going to miss that the most, possibly when it is time to transition back into the school. So I will definitely miss that. I do like the whole idea of restaurants offering the outdoor seating or like you can get the food to go or like the Uber Eats and delivery to spend more time home. I like the outdoor concerts that have been going on in certain venues where you can drive up and do like the concert in your car safely. So I thought that that was pretty cool. I still hope like the online community aspect of things stays very active because it is easier and it's flexible for a lot of people to come together at a certain time from different spaces and states. So I do like that part of it. Mm, I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, you know, because I do feel like we have seen such a burst in creativity this year, mm-hmm. right? From, you know, poetry readings to the verses battles, you know, like yes. I do really feel like people had to kind of really dig deep to kind of figure out, you know, how they were going to entertain. And like, I think a lot of cool things mm-hmm. have been kind of developed during this time. I have not been on a flight since last year before March. So mm-hmm or early March, rather. So I have not had the experience of, you know, no middle person on the play, but I agree with you. I think that that is a a great idea. And also echo your sentiments around having the kids home so much. I know it is really cool to kind of be able to, you know, spend so much time with them and kind of observe them in their kind of learning environments in a way that maybe you wouldn't have before. I'm also really curious to see, like, what workspaces will look like, you know, because I I know a lot of companies have already kind of moved to like stay at home, right? Like you can continue to work from home even, you know, Mm -hmm. once the the pandemic is over. So I'm curious to see like what kinds of things workspaces are going to do um, in terms of like maybe allowing people to continue to work from home if they'd like to. Yes, definitely the workspace is a huge thing. Like some people love it, some people don't. And so it's kind of like depending on the individual. But I think that it was a huge changing point 
for a lot of companies because probably most of the positions they were like, oh, this can never be remote, but now it is, right? So mm-hmm. with that being said, like, oh, okay, well, what does this mean for our company and our office spaces? Is it even necessary to even have an office space? So kind of going back to the drawing boards with those types of things. But I think ultimately when it comes to workspaces, that's definitely going to be something that's going to continue to change and I think progress more on the remote side now, especially with everyone having to switch so suddenly to being virtual or remote. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think it's important for people to keep in mind that this has not been at all a normal work from home situation. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. so if people didn't love it now, of course, it's not going to be for everybody anyway, but to understand like the circumstances surrounding the working from home, you know, if your kids are back in school and you have more support and you're able to kind of do the other things, working from home probably feels very different than it has in this past year. So something to keep in mind for people too. I can only imagine trying to be a teacher, a principal, a lunch lady or a lunch parent, like getting lunch ready for the kids on top of having to be in a meeting at the same time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Lots more stressors. What's the first thing that you are excited to do post pandemic? I think in a sense, it's going to be traveling internationally. Like I'm ready to go as soon as I can go, but safely. I'm not like ready to go. Like I'm going to be the first one to hop on the plane, but I'm definitely looking forward to planning a trip in the vacation out the country, somewhere nice, somewhere safe with my family. So that's going to be the first thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am ready to go home to Louisiana. I haven't been home in more than a year. So that is something that I'm excited to do to go home and see my family, but also a good massage because that is also something Mm -hmm. I have not had in in more than a year. Yes. Yes, those are two good things for sure. Mm-hmm. See all the things you forget, like those things are norms, right? Prior to the pandemic, and then it's like now it's like, oh, I haven't done that in a year. I miss doing those things. Mm-hmm. So, are there any resources, gorgeous, that have been particularly helpful for you or for other clients um, during this time that you might want to share? Let's see. I know one thing, a book for sure, is the Self Compassion Book by Dr. Kristen Neff. That's definitely been something I've referred and recommended to a lot of clients during this time because it was just the whole idea of dealing with those feelings of, okay, I'm over this, this is the anxieties, and like being hard on themselves because of what's currently going on in the world. So, find that grace and that space that was definitely been a good resource of course therapy for black girls podcast the things that i've talked about on here have been helpful the shine app has been helpful for a lot of clients as well with guided manifestations have been helpful the calm app and i think just overall self-care like those have been pretty much the most common things i've been telling clients to be mindful of doing or incorporating daily into their routines just for the sense of grounding and the sense of just connecting with self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those have been incredibly popular, I think, for a lot of people. So I'm glad that you kind of reminded us of, of all of those great resources. So where can people find you, Gorgeous? What is your website as well as any social media handles you'd like to share? Yes, so my website is www.fixingthefixer.com. I'm on social media. My handle is at fixingthefixer. And that can be on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So that's where you can find me on all platforms. Perfect. Well, we will be sure to include all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Gorgeous. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad Gorgeous was able to join us for today's conversation. To learn more about her and her work, 
visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 198. And be sure to text two sisters right now to tell them to check out the episode. Don't forget that if you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. If you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the sister circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet designed just for Black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.